If you want to open your Bible to Luke chapter 15, and we're starting at verse 1, and we're going through to verse 10. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbours, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having 10 silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbours, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so... I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Uh, This is the word of our Lord. Well, as we come uh, to think more about God's word, let us pray. Sovereign God, as we come to your word, give us ears to hear minds to understand, and hearts that are open to being changed by your Spirit. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, today is the last in our series, Surprise the World. As we consider the habits of missional people, people who live lives that others might see Jesus. Now, whether you're a monarchist or a Republican, have you ever thought of what it's like to be a member of the royal family? You're <laughs> well, we do have, yes, the queen up the back there, but you're always on show. Even if you try and sneak to the supermarket, there's someone who's going to figure out who you are. Recently at the Jubilee, the little children, like even they're just acting as normal little children, and yet every single thing they do is analyzed and commented on in the media and on social media. And, but their aim as the royal family is to offer stability and to give hope to a nation. Uh, For all royal families, no matter what country, Um, That's what they desire to do. Um, And people look to them for that hope and that sense of uh, being uh, something that can give them a grounding. Well, the royal family have an earthly reign, a reign that will finish when the next king or queen dies and is replaced. They possibly have another uh, end here in Australia in the time to come. But God's reign is eternal. God's reign lasts forever. And so what does it mean for us to be God's people here on earth? 
Well, theologian Leslie Newbigin, he, uh, he's well-placed to talk about this because he uh, was a missionary for many years. Um, and he says, the church exists for the sake of those who are not members as sign, instrument, and foretaste of God's redeeming grace for the whole of society. So that's the church. That's us, the people, not the building, us, the people. But what do these things mean? Well, a sign. A sign points you somewhere, doesn't it? And so the church points people to the kingship of Jesus and his imminent return. A foretaste is a, a sense of having a sense of what is to come, uh, a sort of uh, like having, having uh, um, an idea of what something, just a, a, a taste of something now that's going to be even better in the future. And so the church demonstrates what life is like when men and women live under the rule and reign of God in the power of the Spirit. An instrument is something that you use to do something. So the church is a tool in the hands of God. We're used to help shape God's preferred future for the planet. We're here to alert people to the reign of God. Well, we've talked a bit about the reign of God in recent weeks, and so I thought it might be helpful to have a bit of an understanding of what that means. You see, we're living in a time following Jesus coming to this earth. And when Jesus came to the earth, he said, the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God, he was showing that uh, he was bringing God's kingdom here to earth. And yet Jesus died and was resurrected. But he promised that he would come again. And when he comes again, we will see the fulfillment of that reign. So in this time in between, which is often called the now and the not yet, um, we're here now knowing that Jesus reign, Jesus has won the victory through his death on the cross and his resurrection. But we're in this time where the world is not yet perfect. The world does not yet bow at the name of Jesus. But when Jesus returns, that will happen. And that will be a glorious day. And so our foretaste, what we experience now, because Jesus is with us now, it's real, it's true, and it's present. And in the future, when he returns, it will be amplified. So what does it look like to be God's people under God's reign, both now and in the future? Well, Frost, in his book, says that there are four elements to what it looks like, both now and in the future. He says the reign of God encompasses reconciliation, justice, beauty, and wholeness. All the things that we've just prayed about in our prayers. 
Only God can build his kingdom, but by his spirit, we can participate in works for the kingdom. So let's look and see what these are a little bit more in detail. Firstly, reconciliation. Reconciliation is at the heart of God's reign. Well, reconciliation is a bit of a current buzzword, isn't it? There's a lot of talk about reconciliation within our nation. Reconciliation with our First Nations people. Reconciliation between us and other nations. But as Christians, we know that we cannot have true reconciliation with others unless we are first reconciled with God. And so we hear in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Well, there were a couple of things in that passage that were encouraging, weren't there? God in Christ has done the hard work. He has shown us his grace through the cross. And because of that, uh, he calls us his ambassadors. Now, ambassadors know, they know things, and they seek to represent them and to share them with others. We are ambassadors for Christ. So what does that look like? Well, as ambassadors, we are to announce reconciliation. We're to champion it, to describe it, to tell people what it is to be reconciled with God to explain it, to explain the impact that having that relationship with God has in our lives, to advocate for it. But not just to show that we understand uh, and that we know intellectually what it is to be reconciled to God, but to actually live it, to demonstrate reconciliation in our daily lives, to be reconciled to others, One of the things we do uh, each time uh, we come to communion to the Lord's table is to seek to be reconciled amongst ourselves, that we do not hold a grudge or have a concern with another of our brothers or sisters, but that we seek to forgive one another before we come to the Lord's table. We seek to be reconciled people. But we also want to broker reconciliation amongst others. Both those are other brothers and sisters in Christ outside of St. Barnabas, but also those who don't yet know Christ. How can we live as people who are reconciled with God as we engage with those who don't yet know him? Imagine if the whole world, if all the world's leaders accepted reconciliation with God, what our current world relations would be like. China and Taiwan. 
Russia and Ukraine, India and Pakistan, the Middle East. If we were to look on those relationships with the love and mercy of God, how amazing that would be. So we should, as we did earlier, we should pray for these countries and for these leaders that they would see the love of Christ in the way that they interact with one another. But we're not world leaders. But each day, we engage with other people. And often we see conflict because we're all fallen, broken human beings. And the way that we relate to each other isn't always the best. We don't always say the right thing or do the right thing. So you might have colleagues at work who are in conflict with each other. Maybe you could help in mediating that situation. You might have a friend or relative who's been estranged from the family. Maybe you could seek to reconcile with them. To seek to understand that because of God's grace, you are in a position to be able to seek to love them and to work out your differences, to work out what it is that caused that conflict in the first place to share the good news that God reconciles us to himself through his son, Jesus. The second element that Frost focuses on is justice. Justice characterizes God's reign. Well, justice was so significant to God that it was the only requirement he gave to the Israelite leaders for living in the promised land. We read in Deuteronomy chapter 16, justice and only justice you shall pursue so that you may live and occupy the land that the Lord your God is giving you. The Old Testament talks a lot about how to care for the vulnerable, how to put that justice into action, how to care for the widows and the orphans. You might recall the story of Ruth and Naomi as they headed back to Naomi's homeland, the rules of the land enabled Ruth to glean um, as she went behind uh, those harvesting that she might be able to get food for herself and her mother-in-law. That was part of the rule of the land to care for those who were vulnerable. But we also hear that there was a promise made in Isaiah that someone would come along to bring and fulfill the justice and righteousness of the world. And we read that passage, which is so familiar because we hear it every Christmas. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So Christ coming and fulfilling that prophecy brings justice 
and righteousness. He makes us right with God that we can make sure that our relationships with one another are put right through justice. And so what does he require of us? He requires, as we read in Micah, to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with our God. Acting justly is to care for others. It's to ensure that the vulnerable are cared for. So how can we do that now? Well, this is just an example of some Christian organizations that seek to do just that, to care for the vulnerable in the world, to give a voice to those who have no voice, to give food to those who have no food, uh, to give uh, opportunities to those who have no current opportunities, to put things to right in our community, both here in Australia and overseas. And so one of the ways that we can uh, show our sense of justice in this world is, support, is to support organizations like these. The third element that Frost focuses on as we look to God's reign is that beauty reveals God's reign. Now just think of a time when you just stopped in awe at seeing maybe one of the most beautiful sunrises we've had in the last week. A sunset, a stunning flower, a landscape. How did you feel? We're going to sing a hymn at the end of the service, uh, How Great Thou Art. And it's a very, uh, it's a beautiful hymn because it, it's inspired by the beauty of God's creation round about us. Our, the response of the hymn writer was to say, how great thou art that, that God has created these beautiful things. The version that we're going to see is a very old version and it looks quite dated, but I've chosen it because it was filmed in Winchester Cathedral. And I'll never forget the first time I walked into that cathedral. It's the most stunning cathedral. It's just full of light. And you walk in and just that sense of awe and majesty and knowing God's presence um, was just almost overwhelming. It was just such a beautiful experience that drew me to God. You may or may not know that St. Paul's Cathedral in Melbourne is the most visited tourist location in Victoria. And recently, when there was uh, an art installation there of the globe, um, which was seven meters wide, looked really impressive sitting above the choir stalls, 140,000 visitors came in to see that. And it was really interesting watching people walk in because they just were in awe of the space, but then also when they looked at the earth that God had created, that re replica of it, they just, you could see just people just standing there, just gaping. Um, and when you talk to people about what it was that was going through their minds as they, as they saw this, as they were in this space, this space that had been built for the glory of God, and they were looking at this this um, image of the world that had been created by God. 
many were drawn to just think, well, what, what is it about God? Who is God? What does he mean for me? And there were great opportunities to have wonderful conversations with people as they were struck by this beauty. How often do you hear people say, that music was heavenly? Or be stunned into silence at the depth of beauty in a piece of art? Recently, you may have seen on the news up in Dalesford, um, they had uh, a projection of the Borealis, the northern lights, and uh, just trying to give people a sense of what they like. Uh, now, it was nothing in comparison to the real thing, but it was still just a bit of a, it was a foretaste of the real thing. And it was, um, and there was this lady on the news who just said, I, it feels like heaven. Now, that was her reaction to it. She, she felt like the, it was sort of, there was something there. She was in awe, wonder at this. Now, the presenter didn't quite know what to do with that and moved swiftly on. But there was clearly that sense of there's something bigger going on here. Uh, what is it that we see? And often, people view Christians as party, party poopers or killjoys. We have so many rules and commandments to do this and not do that and all this kind of stuff. But actually, we're people who've been created in God's image to enjoy what God has created for us. And so we have the opportunity to share in the joys of the good things in life, to go to concerts, uh, to go out for bushwalks, to enjoy art, to create all of these beautiful things as well. Because God has given us these beautiful gifts to enjoy. And highlighting the glory of creation, both now and being part of that and enjoying it and, and um, anticipating the future, gives us an idea of the glory that is yet to be revealed. The beauty is a foretaste that we can experience now but that we will see even more amazingly uh, when Jesus returns. Finally, the element that Frost looks at is wholeness. Wholeness demonstrates God's reign. In the last couple of weeks, I've had two friends that have died. One had motor neuron disease and the other had cancer. Both were given incredible care by medical teams, NDIS workers, carers, family, and friends. And both were given more time than the doctors thought possible. Both are now no longer in pain. And as we prayed for them through this time of their journeys uh, through these illnesses, we prayed for their physical healing but we also prayed for their emotional and spiritual healing as well. And the time that they had, whilst God, in the end, didn't prolong their life any further, the time that they did have, we saw God working in them. We saw God's grace working through them uh, to reach out to others. Uh, and so we saw that sense of wholeness in them, uh, even though their bodies uh, were failing. 
We see the reign of God evident as we seek healing, not just physical, but spiritual and emotional. Our bodies are important to God. We see this because Jesus came to this earth as a human. The incarnation is evidence to us uh, that God sees our bodies as important. For in him, in Christ, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And we also see it in the resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus, but also the promise of resurrection for us. That as we die, uh, we will be resurrected in Christ, that hope that we have for the future. So all acts of people seeking to bring healing to others are expressions of the reign of God. The medical profession, emergency relief providers for victims of natural disaster, people helping to repair a broken marriage. But we must always pray and believe that God can, when he so desires and when it fits within his purpose, make miracles happen and enable people to see that continued grace that he gives us. And in fullness, we will receive complete healing. Those wonderful words in Revelation 21, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, see the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. Wouldn't that be wonderful? But we've heard all about these elements of God's reign and what it is to see God's reign both here now and in the future, but why would we want to participate with God in these things? Have you ever lost your keys? If you lose your keys, it's a little bit troublesome because you have to retrace your steps and figure out where you've been, and then you're you don't find them. And so you have to frantically look everywhere and you look in places that really the keys would never have been in, but you still look. You might blame another member of the family for taking the keys. Uh, you might do all sorts of things um, because you're desperate to find these keys because otherwise you can't leave the house. Uh, you can't get in the car because you don't have those keys. Well, the parables that we heard read earlier uh, of the lost sheep and the lost coin show a search that is even more significant than looking for our keys. The search is urgent and it's comprehensive. But the amazing thing is the verse that's repeated in both of those parables. Rejoice with me for I have found the sheep or the coin that was lost. There is great rejoicing uh, in heaven when someone comes to know Jesus, someone who was lost, who didn't know who Jesus was, who didn't have that reconciling relationship with him. 
when they come to know him. That rejoicing is just something to behold. Something that we can participate in too. When we have that desire to share that rejoicing uh, with those who don't yet know Jesus. We heard from Zoe earlier. She's seeking to share experiences of reconciliation, justice, beauty, and wholeness with her neighbors in Nukar. But we can seek to share experiences of reconciliation, justice, beauty, and wholeness with our neighbors here in Bolwyn or whichever suburb you live in. What are the last things we say in our service each week? We say, go in peace to love and serve the Lord in the name of Christ. Amen. We're sent out. We go out to live in the world. We don't just stay here at church for the rest of the week. Lovely as it would be to spend all week with you. We go out. And we go out to live our lives. Living our lives in a way that reflects who we are because we have been here at church together on a Sunday. The Great Commission in Matthew 28 says that we are sent to make disciples. This is our calling for each one of us. We've been looking through this series at how we can do this. By blessing others, eating with others, listening to the Spirit, learning Christ, and today being sent to alert others to God's reign of reconciliation, justice, beauty, and wholeness. Questionable lives promote questions. Are we ready to lead questionable lives? Lives that show blessing to others. Lives that are hospitable to those that others may not look to love. Lives that listen to the Spirit. Lives that seek to learn Christ, not as an intellectual exercise, but seek to have Christ in our hearts, reflecting in our lives. And are we ready to answer the questions we are asked? Well, by God's grace and by his spirit, he will give us the answers. Let's pray. Sovereign God, thank you for bringing us into your kingdom through your son, Jesus. Thank you that you love those who don't yet know you. Give us opportunities, we pray, for us to experience reconciliation, justice, beauty, and wholeness alongside those who don't yet know the difference that knowing Jesus can make to their lives. May we experience lots of rejoicing in times to come as those we know come to see you for who you are. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.